Blog Talk Radio. You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your host, Alan Smith, a veteran of OTR Trucking business entrepreneur, and the most recognized name for assisting CDL students and new graduates. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. And welcome back. Today is Thursday, May 17th, 2012. Our call-in number, if you'd like to be a part of the program, is 347-826-9170. I'm glad to be back for this broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live, and Donna Smith joins me as well, as always. And we're getting back to our roots here on the show this evening, focusing on CDL students and those newcomers who are looking at truck driving as a possible uh, career choice. And Don and I, we we receive emails every day practically from those who are researching the industry, trying to choose the best CDL training school possible so their newfound career will get off on the right foot. And uh, Donna, we we hear this question a lot, don't we? Where's Donna? Okay. Hi, I'm here. There you are. Boy, (laughs) you, you and that mute button has problems sometimes. I know, I know. It's getting old, isn't it? Well, plus you never know when I'm going to jump, bring you in here. Well, I know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm on my toes, and I've got all my notes and going over everything, and and then you catch me. So, um. <laughs> well, we do hear this a lot. I mean, you, I know you get emails, I get emails. Everybody kind of, you know, really interested. And the good thing about this, a lot of people are doing more research before they just kind of jumping into this thing. But this is a question we hear a lot that. Uh, uh, you know how do how do they pick the best school? Uh, it really is. It's probably for the students and career seekers. Um, you know, people looking into being a truck driver. Uh, that is the number one question. Yeah, I think you're right, and it, it's good. It's good that many people are realizing that research is a very important key to all of this. And I believe that information is power, and the more you have, the better choices you will make. So. We'll be looking at choosing the best CDL truck driving school for your chosen career, what questions to ask, what to look for, what to expect during training and afterwards, and what are the prospects for a job after you complete training, problems with current CDL training standards, just just all kinds of information for you this evening to help you make the best decision as you move forward with your career goals. And helping us to answer these questions is our special guest, Ken Howell. He's founder and president of one of the best CDL truck driver training schools in the country. Country, uh, Trainco, uh, currently with six locations throughout Ohio and Michigan, and we all know how devastating the recession was on Michigan, just tore through that state, yet Trainco is still growing and putting new drivers into the driver's seat. But first, we're going to be giving away a Cobra 29 LXCB radio donated by Cobra Electronics, one of our silver sponsors of the 2000. Truck Driver Social Media Convention. And before we bring our guest on, Donna's going to tell you how you can win. Donna, go ahead. Okay, this is pretty exciting for us. It's new. We haven't done it before. Um, But anyway, we are going to be starting a series of shows 
where we are giving away Cobra products, which have been um, donated uh, by Cobra Electronics so generously, by the way. Um, they'll include navigation devices, CBs, headsets, inverters, and uh, all of the above. So tonight's prize is the Cobra 29 LX CB radio. And you call in tonight to win it. Uh, as Alan said, they are our latest silver sponsor. And I, I first want to say that um, they are donating nearly $5,000 worth of products this year. And that will be partially raffled at the convention. But we also wanted to give away uh, a series of them on our radio show. And we'll be having random Facebook announcements where you can win, like, you know, maybe answer a question. We haven't figured out all the details, but we want to do it on Facebook also since we have such a large following on Facebook. So here, here's how it's going to work. You must be a CDL holder. Uh, and either be already registered for the convention or are planning on registering for the convention. And you call in the number, 347-826-9170, and say, I want to win the 29LX Cobra Radio. And the first caller uh, wins. It's it's pretty much that simple. Alan sees the um, hands raising because when you call, it, it will say, uh, do you want to speak to the guest? And then you you raise your hand, and the and he he's going to be keeping track of all that. Uh, now to receive your gift, if you are the winner, um, you'll have a choice of picking it up at Harris in Kansas City the day of the convention, or Cobra will mail it to you. So either way, um, you will be uh, will need to be registered as an attendee in order to receive your gift. So a lot of you have registered already. And if you want it mailed to you, that's great. If you uh, were planning on attending, just didn't get around to registering, that's fine too. You can call in and say, you know, I want the radio, and then just register, and we're going to have a, um, a lookout for, you know, uh, everybody who wins, obviously. Um, also, if you can, um, just call call in after the show if you are the winner. Call in at um, 352, and mark this down, 352-209-2210, or email us at info at truckingsocialmedia.com so that we can get your details and all like this. We'll, uh, but either way, you know, everybody knows how to get a hold of us either on Facebook or email, uh, contact form on Ask the Trucker. Um, we get contacted all over. So um, if worse comes to worse, just send us a PM on, on Facebook, and we want to make sure you get your CD. Okay, that's, uh, that's it, Alan. All right. So, okay, sounds good. We'll learn about Tranco, talk about CDL training, and most importantly, how you go about choosing the best CDL school. Our special guest, Ken Howell of Tranco Truck Driving Schools, coming up on Truth About Trucking Lives. So stay with us.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. I hear from a lot of newcomers to the industry who still have that entrepreneur spirit that has made the United States of America the great country that she is. And many of them still have one goal in mind, and that is to someday have their own rig and become an owner-operator. Truth About Trucking Live is all about providing honest, reliable information about the OTR trucking industry, especially for those just beginning their truck driving careers. Running your own trucking business is part of the entrepreneurial spirit that has kept America moving since truck were first used by the military in World War I. If you're considering starting your own owner-operated business, there's only one name that you need to know, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. LoneMountainTruck.com offers the best lease purchase plans in the industry. There's no huge balloon payment at the end, and when you make that final monthly payment, they hand over the title, the truck is yours. They require a very reasonable down payment, and the monthly payments are kept at an affordable $1,000 per month and sometimes even less. A great inventory to choose from, including Peterbilt's, Volvo's, Internationals, and Freightliners, and all of their trucks are mechanically checked out, dependable, and ready to go to work. And unlike trucking company leases, if you choose to change motor carriers, the truck goes with you. It's your truck. Check them out at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free, 866-512-5685. LoneMountainTruck.com, the honest guys for the sweet lease deals. LoneMountainTruck.com. Man, it's crowded tonight. Care if I join you? Sure, have a seat. Sorry about the paperwork. <laughs> Name's Cole. Appreciate it. I'm Harlan, by the way. Here's a fill-up for you guys. Thanks, honey. Harlan, you look hungry. What can I get you? I'll have a Coke and whatever he's having. Back in a bit. What are you doing with all this paperwork, driver? Looks like you're tripping over your trip sheets. want to get a jump on these taxes before they jump me. There is a better way to manage your trucking paperwork. With TripSheetCentral.com, you're a login away from tracking every aspect of your business. TripSheetCentral.com organizes your information easily so you can see how your business is performing. That sounds easy. And it's fast. Time-consuming paperwork is eliminated with a low-cost monthly subscription. I no longer have to worry about invoices, settlement reports, or fuel tax returns. TripSheetCentral.com does that for me. Manage your business information securely with TripSheet Central. Visit TripSheetCentral.com at your next stop. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Ken Howe, founder, president of Tranco Truck Driving Schools, is our guest. Um, And I hope this is the right one. I have uh, three or four 419 area codes up there, but let's give it a shot. Ken, thanks for joining us this evening. And that may not be him. Donna, you know the the next numbers of his four one nine. Ah, yes, sure do, Alan. Let me go look. Just the first three. I know you had it down somewhere because <clears throat> I don't think that's him. Ken, are you on the line? Nope, don't think so. Okay, well, let's see. Um, I think it ends with ten twelve. Okay, that's not one of them. So seven thirty. Huh? 
You know what? I I'm on a landline. I'm it's a, I'm at a five one seven eight eight seven sixteen hundred. Uh huh. Okay. Is this good now? Can you talk on this phone, or do you need us to call a different phone? Because you're on the well, show I, right I, now. You're live. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it might be best if I talk on this landline. You got me on hold at a five one seven area code because I'm hearing you guys. Oh, okay. You're five one seven what eight eight seven. Yep, that's my office in uh, Lansing. I'm on hold listening to you guys, but you haven't hit the right button yet. So I'm ready. Okay. okay, I'm going to hang you up on this phone, and then I'm going to bring you live on the 517. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Uh, see, this guy's all over the place, James. He's Michigan, Ohio. I never know I never know where he's going to be. Oh, he's, he's an entrepreneur for sure, and he's a very busy fellow. Okay, Ken, I, I've got you on here now. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. I was looking at 419, and, you know, the first thing, I think this is the first time it's happened. You know, I, I, I'm i going to have to write down the whole number because uh, I write down the area code, and then uh, we already have about 30, what, 33, 30, well, 34 callers just jumped on the line, So, and I've got about uh, four or five from area code 419, so I found myself in a position i hadn't found myself in before <laughs> well and part of, i gotta tell you uh, donna her and i have chatted several times and she and we've talked from my cell phone but you caught me up in lansing today i'm up at our lansing office and i thought i think it'd be a better connection a better uh better idea to, to use the landline here so but anyway here i am and and uh, excited to be here well glad to have you here and i i saw james uh james mccormick's on the line so we jumped him on here so james you can say hello if you want Hey, Ken. James, how you doing? I'm always good. You know that. Yes, that's right. Well, James is our old faithful, you know, and uh, when it gets to near graduation time and uh, the applications have been uh, faxed and uh, 
filled out via email, and uh, if we're having any trouble getting them placed, uh, they get James's uh, phone number, and uh, he fin- he finishes closes the deal for us. Especially if we've got somebody in class that has a bruised background, uh, James help. He's a tremendous help for us, and uh, so we we use him all the time. And for every everyone who's listening who doesn't know, uh, James McCormick, he was at the convention last year. He gave a powerful presentation, and he's with TruckingCareersOfAmerica.com. And uh, I can't tell uh, tell you how many people he's guided in the right direction to uh, appropriate schools and also uh, jobs, because that's another another big area that you know you have to be placed appropriately where you belong so um okay i just wanted to let everybody know who's on the line here <laughs> yeah we'll be talking about that too you know because ken you know james is a guy who uh first pointed me to you and you know he he called me or emailed me or something um oh quite a while back a year or more ago and said you know you need, you really need to look at this train co truck driving school so i've been trying for uh <clears throat> over a year to plan a show with you so i'm glad you're here and i'm glad we're finally going to do this thing well thanks a lot and i i appreciate being here and uh i was listening to you earlier and you know you talked about the recession i i called and verified some numbers you know things i had heard from previous from other owners and schools that are no longer in michigan you know when this recession hit i mean this is kind of where the fire started in the state of michigan it's tough up here and uh, especially in the Detroit area. Now, Lansing is a capital city. You've got a, a funny mix of people. You've got the professional folks that work downtown, but there's a, still a good a good hunk of working herd people here. And uh, when I called the Secretary of State's office today, I, I uh, told them the numbers I had heard, and they verified it. This is what they told me. They said there was 57 truck driving schools at the end of 2010. These would be licensed truck driving schools such as ours, you know, public schools. And today there's 20, and I'm sorry, today there's 32. Wow. Yeah, so we've gonna... uh, we've lost, you know, we it's 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 been a tough it's been a tough couple of years, up, you know, everywhere. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Uh let's uh i tell you what let's come back to that i just uh, would imagine uh that we would all like to learn a little bit more about ken Howell. i looked i'm i'm pretty good at research and i looked all over the internet to try to get a good picture of you and and uh you're just not there so let me uh let's let's just hear a little bit more about you your background in the industry how tranco came to be uh, would you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself Sure, be happy to. Well, I'm 51 years old, and I got involved in the business. Uh, when I got laid off at my job, I used to work for CCX, which is now Conway. And when CCX laid me off, and I was a, uh, you know, I, I pulled doubles for them, and I also was a city driver. And um, I, I got a phone call from a friend of a friend who worked at a uh, at a college nearby. It was Owens Community. It used to be Owens Technical College back then. It's Owens Community College which is uh, actually it's the biggest uh, community college in the Toledo area. And the, he asked me, hey, did you ever think about being a truck driving instructor? We've, uh, we've got a part-time job here. I understand you're out of work. And so over to Owens I went, and uh, I'll tell you what, from the first month I worked there, it really just suited me. I mean, I, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the people. I wasn't quite sure, honestly, why they hired somebody 
uh, I was considerably younger than the guys, the other three or four instructors that worked there. Uh, looking back at, I think I know why. I think they were looking for a mix, you know, somebody who could relate to a, you know, an older gent that was getting into our business, and maybe younger, the younger guys. So we had a great mix of people, and uh, it just suited me. And I, I actually got called back, and uh, honestly, I made five bucks an hour less than I did driving a truck. But I just liked it. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things uh, at the right place at the right time. Uh, soon after, April 1st of 1992 hit. We all know what that was. I mean, that date, you could not drive a truck down the road without a commercial driver's license. So uh, Owen sent me to CDL Examiner School, and I became a commercial driver's license examiner for the state of Ohio. And I just, there was very few of us back then. Uh, there was a, there was a kind of a big push in the beginning because so many drivers waited to the last minute to get that license. And then after the big surge, you know, on into 92, it kind of tailed off. And uh, I was just CDL testing. I was working for the college, and I was CDL testing part-time uh, on my own and uh, just talking to some other guys, and I was watching the schools that I tested. And just as an examiner, I thought, you know, what if somebody got into this industry and did it different? They had a different way of thinking about things and doing things. In other words, instead of being in a hurry, and the whole premise to this, a lot of the schools that I worked with, was, did they pass their CDL test? If they passed the test, we're done. It's, you know, you kind of you know, uh, put your hands together, you're done with it, and you're on to the next one. But I noticed that as these trainees, if anything went wrong, and out of this basic small routine that they were taught, they came apart. They couldn't recover. They didn't know. You know, I had times when a guy would have to hook up a trailer that wasn't a straight-in hookup. It was off to an angle, and really it was absolutely lost. I thought, boy, we need a what? I, this is what I call it. I call it a full service truck driving school. I mean, yes, they must pass that CDL exam. They've got to do a thorough pre-trip inspection of the truck. They've got to do those cone maneuvers. They've got to pass that road test, and then they'll get issued a license. But man, there is so much more to it than that. Can they drop it? Can they hook it? Do they know how to slide tandems? Do they, you know, can they do a decent inspection? I'm not talking about the CDL inspection. I'm talking about turning a flashlight on, starting the motor, watching the oil pressure gauge, which, by the way, is the most important gauge in the truck the first eight seconds the truck is running. A lot of guys don't know that. And then when you get out, if you know what you're looking at, it's unbelievable how many things you can check with one walk around of a truck. So I thought, boy, if somebody did this, and this is all they did, and they did it right, we could make a difference. And that's really, I, I started on my own. I, I uh, owned a CDL test center. It's still in business today. It's called Northwest CDL Test Center. It's located in Northwest Ohio. And then I, I started Trainco in 1996, uh, one location in Monroe, Michigan. And, and uh, we have six now. And, uh, you know, I, uh, what you said earlier is we feel very fortunate. There's a lot of schools that aren't with us anymore. And we actually just opened two in the last year. We opened one out in um, Norwalk, Milan, Ohio. And then uh, we just opened one a few months ago uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So we've actually, uh, you know, went from four to six within the last year, and we're just thrilled about it. Yeah, I just that's why I was saying that you know y'all you you're growing and still growing and James uh Jane McCormick if I can bring you in here too when you and I first hooked up this was one of the things uh that you were saying to me I remember that uh, you know that the the caliber of people the companies that you that you yourself had hooked up with was like 
Ken at Trainco, they all came along, looked at things differently, and made a decision to do it differently and change things. And uh, that's exactly what we heard Ken just say. Yes, that's exactly right. So, so okay, that's one of the things. So you started in 1996, so you're still rolling. Um, well, tell us uh, tell us about the uh, the training criteria that you maintain at Trainco a little bit more than that. I mean, um, how how does it so much differ from the other schools that are out there? Well, I guess, you know, first of all, we do a daily flow chart. And I think a lot of schools do that. Uh, you know, I guess I like to think that. And daily flow charts are important because you need to track somebody's progress, not by the week. Remember, a lot of these schools, I mean, our school, if you go during a day, it's 160 hours or a month long. And then if you go to the night class, we've got you for five weeks. But things change on a daily basis when you're doing truck driver training. So, I mean, you know, should you use a couple of different instructors, it really is important to keep, um, you know, good notes and, and kind of a flow chart of how this student is progressing. I think a lot of places, uh, you know, they give them an overall grade. Um, they don't watch it real closely, but it's got to be watched closely because when you get to the last week of that training, our instructors, if our instructors are on the line right now and I told them, hey, are we in a polish mode? When we get to a polish mode, we're either in the last week of the class or we're in the last few days. And what we're working on at that point, we're looking at that at his flow chart, and we're working on the areas that we think he's weak. You know, and I mean, if it's somebody still struggling, dropping and hooking, or even hooking the glad hands up, all the simple things, then guess what he's going to do the last three days? We're going to get him good. We're going to polish him up on the areas that he's weak. And I think that, you know, it just takes an extra look. It takes getting into it. Um, you got to know your students. And, you, you know, I, you just can't um, – I think a lot of times you, if you just take a herd of people, a group of people, and kind of push them through a, a daily routine, you know, you've got what I call naturals. These are guys that – you know, uh, maybe their dad was a truck driver or something. They've been around trucks. Maybe they, they grew up on a farm. They've been back in a hay wagon since they were 11 years old. These guys are probably going to get it really with a, a minor amount of training, the basics, because it's in their blood. They're just nat what we call naturals. But, you know, they're not, a lot of people aren't naturals. As a matter of fact, there are more people going to truck driving than ever before. And I, I, my, I'm a, what a proponent I am. I say this, if you're going to be in the working herd, what a great place to land. I could get you a job in four to five weeks making in the, you know, most I've watched it pretty close for 17 or 18 years. You're going to make in the mid-30s. That's kind of what I find. 32 to 38,000 is a pretty good number for a first-year truck driver. And, of course, the pay goes up. I mean, we are a licensed profession, just like nursing and everything else, but you do have to pay your dues the first year. But, man, what a great thing, especially for the auto workers I work with up in this part of the country, to say, hey, Give us a year or two. We'll get you back to that fifty, sixty, seventy thousand a year. You'll never get laid off again. But you can't have it the first year. The first year, you got to pay your dues just like any other profession. Well, um, you know, uh, uh, Ken, I just want to, I just want to say that a lot of the first-year drivers, though, um, they don't make in those mid-thirties. Um, are you finding that? Well, I'll tell you the ones that I find, Donna, that don't. I mean, these are the companies that I work pretty close with, so I watch them. But, you know, there's a there's a there's two words that show up in ads and truck some some of it is truck driving companies that have their own schools, and it's called free training. And when I see that, I kind of shake my head because there there is no there's nothing free in this world. There is no free banana. 
And I, I, I found, I've talked to some, actually, that have gone out of town. They hop on a bus. They go down to wherever they're going. They get involved with one of these free training outfits. And either I see them again because they never, they, they, they packed it in and got somebody to come and get them and went home. Or six months into a one-year contract, they said, my God, I haven't made but $10,000. I've been, I'm just, I'm being, they're running me to death. So I do find it, I, it seems like I see it more in that arena. Now, keep in mind, the companies that come into our career day, I've been watching them, and I watch them closely. And if I start hearing some negative reports, we're calling them. So these are the companies that we've had the most success with. And so they, they, uh, we do a career, a career day or a job fair for our students once a month. Every hour I have a different company come in, and, you know, we buy a pizza and a Coke, and uh, they're going to see eight or nine companies. And uh, I think we have – so I would say – those group of people I can speak about because I, you know, I watch it closely. But I hear some of the horror stories I think you're talking about, and it seems like when they do come through the door, a lot of times they've tried that free training avenue. And boy, I, I tell you, I could talk about it all night. But boy, I, I, the first thing I say is beware when you see free training. Well, I know that we received uh, an email. Did we? Are, are you still there, Ken? My yeah, phone yes. kind of. Oh, okay. Uh, we did receive an email, and uh, one of the biggest problems, I think, with CDL training is the recruitment ads. And uh, a lot of times they they say, you know, make fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 And we received an email not long ago. This guy was just ready to quit a job, a solid job he had been with for 10 years, benefits the whole nine yards, because he was under the impression he was going to be making fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. And we all know that's not the case, especially your first year of uh of driving. I mean probably thirty thousand is a uh, a more realistic uh amount. Um also uh you know, we I don't know, Alan, what do you think? I mean fifty, sixty thousand after one year, that's that's pretty um Pretty high. Yeah, well, I've never seen it, but one thing I do take into consideration, is, and I, I talk about this a lot, and, and Jane McCormick, your mic's still open too. You feel free to jump in, but I know I've heard you say it too. But it's the caliber of companies that you deal with, and I looked at um, I looked at Ken's companies, and um, uh, he, he's got some really good ones up there. So I mean, there are there is such a thing as bad companies, is such a thing as good companies, but. Uh, but you know, the first year, uh, fifty, sixty. No, I think Ken just uh, echoed that same same comment. So uh, that was just falling back on that recruiter who was telling that guy. And that's well, one of the things, Ken, we hear about, or James, if you want to jump in, that we yeah. hear about about the uh, you know training standards that should be you know should be something done about. We tell every one of these graduates <clears throat> that there's light into the, the tunnel that the secret of this business is to get one year over the road verifiable current experience. Once they reach that level, there's all kinds of companies that would be interested in their services. You know, companies are treated with respect, where they can make 50000 plus a year. They can get to regional dedicated types of jobs, quality home time, etc. They're out there, they're hiring, they're hiring right now today. But they're not going to talk to them until they get a little bit of experience. We also explained to every one of them that when they first get in this business, they need to understand the trucking industry is like two separate worlds. One group of companies only hire experienced drivers, which is obviously the majority of them, and that's where you can find the quality of jobs. 
And then you got that handful that's willing to hire recent graduates. And there's not but so many of those. We know all those companies inside and out, Alan. Uh, we probably know more about them than the daggone recruits that work for them. And we tell them that this is the real world here. You need to understand this. All these companies, all of them that hire recent graduates, all of them have the same basic concept. They bring you in, they work you hard, they pay you low wages, they recycle you, bring another one in just like you, and continue that process over and over and over. It's called cheap labor. It's just the nature of this business. That's what they're faced with. But if they they can make 35000 with the first year in this business. It's pushing it, but they can. <clears throat> but the bottom line is, is they need to understand that this is the goal. Get one year and you're off to the races. Something else I want to say, too, as well. And I think it's very, very important. Over the, over a period of time dealing with Tranco, I have been I have one way or the other directed over 200 of their graduates. I repeat that 200 into the trucking industry with the right kind of companies. Now, I have never once, not ever, had one person that that. Went to a school. I mean, went to a company for orientation that was sent home because of the lack of skills. Not one. That to me is unbelievable comment. Number one. Number two. I've never had one yet <clears throat> that had issues about background concerns, which is a big deal with me. And you know that, Alan. We've talked about this before about the guy that went through and paid all this money to go to CDL school <clears throat> and got his license. Unfortunately, he's insulin-dependent, insulin-dependent diabetic. Or we had the other guy that spent $6,000 to go to CDL school and come to, uh, and he couldn't find a job, and I'm talking to him, and he just got out of the federal penitentiary a year ago. He spent 13 years incarcerated for multiple major felonies and is currently on probation. He's not going to get hired by anybody. So I asked him, why does he, you know, did he tell the school about his criminal background? He says, well, yeah. And I said, what they say to you? He said, well, it will be, be a challenge. We'll work it out. He said, well, and they worked it out. They took his money. That's what they worked out. That has never happened with uh, Tranco and, and Ken Howell. Never once has I had to deal with that kind of situation. I've had to deal with some hard cases, but they still were hireable. Well, we were talking to Ken about that, and he he was saying how he absolutely, um, you know, and, and Ken, you know, just jump in here, uh, will tell right off the bat, you know, it's all this, you know, behind them. That it's going to be challenging. Um. Yeah, in fact, that's um, that's one of the questions I was going to get to, Ken. And uh, yeah, James and I have gone over this a lot, and and it's one of the big questions uh, that I get all the time. And James and I have talked about it, and he's you know he's he says the same thing. To hear it from a founder of a CDL school, a very successful and professional school. Uh, like to hear your take personally. I mean, someone with violations on their records, and like I said, I get this question almost every day. Someone with violations on their records, the MVR or background, such as a DUI or even a felony, uh, should that person get their CDL, and what kind of chances do they have for hire? Well, those are the, those are sometimes the ugly questions that have to be asked first because this is our one of our I guess a credo. We have no desire to train you, test you, license you, and then have an industry waiting on you and you we, that last bridge you can't cross. And, and James is right. A lot of them they ask those questions at the end of the training when the money and the check is in the bank. So 
like let me give you for instance if we were talking right now and i was talking to you alan and uh, you were interested in going to our school and you came out some of the questions we'd be talking about is i filled out what we call a green sheet or an information sheet is if if i pulled your mvr and we're going to get a copy of that before you start what does that look like in the last three years now ohio only goes back three if you're in michigan it actually goes back five but if you've got more than four points it's a problem you know, we can. I, I would say to you that we could train you, we could test you, and get you a license. But getting a job is going to be tough. If you had a DUI that's less than five years old, it's tough. If you've got a felony, I mean, when I talk to trucking companies around the country, the first two questions they ask me when I ask them about getting somebody pre-hired because they're thinking about going to train co and I don't want to spend any money, the first two things they ask me about a felony is, was it drug related? And if I say no, they say, was it violent? If I say no, then we keep going. And, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of ask you. And uh, remember, though, the pre-hires, we do pre-hires if, if, we, if we have a bruised record, but we think we can make something happen. But I've also had some of those same companies reject a pre-hire. And I don't know, maybe that's my question to James. You know, it kind of leaves you holding the bag. I mean, if, if it's somebody's way out there, then they're just way out there. There's nothing you can do. But they're sometimes right on the fence. Maybe they've got a, a, a minor felony, so to speak, and it is more than 10 years old, and everything else is pretty squared away. And you get a pre-hire or two for them, so everything's looking good. And so I call up little Johnny, and I say, Johnny, the, we did get some responses back to the applications you filled out, and I think I can get you going. If you want to come out and make payment, uh, we'll take you in the next class, and away we go. But, uh, James, maybe you could comment on this. But then all of a sudden we're halfway through the class, and those pre-hires are rejected. Uh, what causes that? Well, sometimes because they misrepresent themselves. Uh, that's certainly a factor. In some, you know, in, so when, I'm, when I get an application for someone, uh, which uh, I get 15, 20 of them a day, you know, I, I, when I call them up and talk to them, I, I, I get real question. I start questioning them. Listen, you got to tell me the truth because they're going to find out anyway. And it's nothing worse than getting on the Greyhound bus and going wherever you're going to go and get sent home right away because you mis- misrepresented yourself and, and you'd be coming home at your expense. So you need to tell me the truth. My job. I don't work for any trucking companies. I work for you, the driver. My job is to do everything I can to put you at the right company, but you've got to tell me the truth. And anything you tell me is between, is between you and me. It's, it's confidential. I won't share it with anybody else, but I need to know what's going on. And I have a way of digging things out of people that otherwise they may not you know, bring it up. And I find out. And then what happens is if they do have blemishes here and there or whatever on their history, then I'm able to go into my database. I have a very sophisticated database where I can click on the state in which that driver lives in and pull up all the companies hiring in that state, how we rated those companies, and what their criteria is, and I can narrow it down. I've got companies that said if you had a DUI, as long as it's over three years, they're okay. Other companies, five years. I have some companies that if you have a drug-related incident, I don't care. They have no hire policy for life. Others, if it's a misdemeanor, of five years. If it's a misdemeanor, it's 10 years, if it's a felony. I have different companies I use for different purposes. So it's not a cut-and-dry type of thing. Every company, different companies have different guidelines. Some are stricter than others. And then I have the mall Paul type deals. <laughs> I also tell people that if they if they went to a school, let's say other than Tranco, and they got a CDL license, they got all kinds of problems and can't get hired, 
I tell them, it's, you know, there's, there's still a chance for you to get a job. I mean, at least you can, you know, you've got a CDL license. I mean, you know, maybe you can drive straight trucks or maybe you can get a mall paw type thing. Maybe go to Craigslist and say, you know, CDL driver looking for a job. Maybe you can find somebody to hire you doesn't have the same restrictions and insurance guidelines as some of these major companies do. So I try to guide them anywhere I can, but I find well, out I, real I find out real fast if they're any good or not. See, I think you just said the key word there, James, and this is what I uh, this is what I have uh, how I have uh, directed that question to Ken. Uh, I started heck, I started writing about that three four years ago, but um, I think. You know, the motor carriers always, you know, they always have this, you know, three-year, five-year look back. I mean, they're almost all of them that way. But I always tell people that, you know, the uh, it, a lot has to do with that insurance carrier. I mean, that the, the insurance people can, they can go back 20 or 30 years if they want, and I think that is where a lot of them are getting kicked out. Mm-hmm. That, yep, yep. Especially, especially in the age that we live in now. I mean, it is information highway central. They couldn't do what, what you know what, what another driver might have done 20 years ago. They had a job for a short time, and you know they did that job didn't work out. They didn't like it. And they just something that didn't write down the application. We can't do that anymore. I mean, you know, it's it's changed so much. So, nope. I I, I mean, there's access now like never before. So, no, I, I agree. I, I, one thing I want to say that I think is an advantage for um, new drivers is the CSA. And uh, a lot of the veteran drivers are getting caught up in their PSP reports, uh, and they're either being uh, terminated uh, or they're they're just having a hard time finding employment because of the three- and five-year look back uh, of, uh, of CSA. Now, a new driver has no three or five year look back they have a totally clean PSP and tell me if I'm wrong but I would think if after they graduate and they drive that first year and have very few hopefully no violations to tarnish their PSP that they would be very desirable for a trucking company Nope, and we're seeing that. As a matter of fact, Anna, we've got companies that are interested in hiring graduated students. Um, you know, in our area, there would be companies that you would hope to get in a year or two that are thinking about hiring, uh, coming to us, calling uh, my partner and I for the first time, thinking, hey, we're thinking about getting our own trainers, and we're thinking about trying this. And that I believe that's exactly why. Uh, some of them I can't even believe they're calling. I mean, we've been doing this for a while, and... Uh, this would be, you know, they're the kinds of jobs that you would hope to get, uh, you know, uh, you know, two, three years into your career, maybe, maybe five years. So um, it, it's really going to, it's going to be interesting to see how this washes out and how it goes. But it's, it's, uh, we've probably had four companies this year call us. I just had a tanker outfit, for example, came out last career day to speak to our folks as they were, you know, uh, eating lunch during the career day and show them a little bit about how a tanker works. I knew of the company. I've never worked with them before. But, I mean, they're starting to look our way towards truck driving schools. And I think what they're trying to do is sort out who's the good school from the bad school. And I think you're going to see a big shift in that and trying to i mean i think that's their job what they got to figure out is who is the cdl mill who's doing it fast and furious 
and who goes down, who digs down deeper and has a, a, a young, experienced driver that's got a pretty good idea how to get the truck down the road. Yes, they're new, and uh, don't throw them the keys. They're not ready for all that. They need to ride with the trainer. But, you know, they need to find good schools because the, the, the companies are looking ahead. They're seeing it. It's coming. So we're, we're already seeing that. You know, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Ken, because that's a really important point that I try to get across to a lot of people that I, I'm in contact with, and a, a lot of them just don't seem to get it. A lot of people think that uh, you can go to any CDL school and, uh, you know, jobs are going to be abundant, you're going to be hired. But uh, you brought up a, a really good point I wanted to uh, touch on a little bit more. I mean, you really have to look at a CDL school where the motor carriers are hiring from. I mean, that's that's a pretty important aspect, don't you think? Oh yeah, it sure is. I mean, it's it's one of it, it really is. I mean, of course, you know, uh, Donna, uh, James, Allen, We know, we know, we know. Uh, we know who the bottom feeders are and who they're not. We could glance at a school, and we could we know pretty pretty quickly where they're placing them. You know how it's all going. I mean, it, 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 there's a story there. So I mean, it, when when, it, when a young guy or young gals think about getting into this industry, you've got to do your research. The person that gets pinched, the person that has trouble, in my opinion, is the procrastinator. And in my opinion, this is what the procrastinator does. He does nothing, does nothing, does nothing, bam. He makes a quick decision. He usually overpays. He calls one school, possibly two. It's a very high-pressure type uh, phone call, or you know, they get him off the phone and get him in there, and they just sell it. You know, they sell it, and they sell it hard. And, uh, you know, and before you know it, it's a month later, and he's out to my CDL test site wanting to know if he can rent a truck to finish up his test. And I say, you know, we get to talk a little bit, and before you know he says, yeah, I just paid $6,000 to go to school, and I failed my test. I said, boy, they didn't help you with a retest or no extra training? No, but you only get one shot at it. And I said, you know, I just I find out how much they've paid. Our school happens to be thirty nine ninety five. I mean, you hear some of these stories. I mean, the research has to be done. And uh, you know, maybe you know, maybe you've got a family member that's in trucking, a neighbor. There's so many different ways you can talk to people. And 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 you know, good carriers, the trucking companies that you may know are good. Go talk to them. Every you know, if you do your research. People that do the research, I think, do well. But boy, you get so many people that they, um, you know, they they make that they they don't do any research. They make a quick decision, and sure enough, they hook up with somebody that's a high pressure type recruiter, and uh, boy, it just goes downhill from there. You know, I got I want to comment about that briefly about these recruiters. It's been my experience, and I've got lots of it. <laughs> I mean, I deal with people all day long, every single day, and I get I hear. Unbelievable conversation. I have unbelievable conversations with nightmarish stories, and I try to explain to everybody. See, you got what makes us so uniquely different from uh, a recruiter is that we work for them, not a company, and that's a big difference because recruiters, they, you know, they're striking me, you know, like a, a military recruiter. They're going to say what you want to hear, and and it's not always they fought it. And I tell everybody, it's, you can't always trust everything they say you can't it's not necessarily their fault it's the way they're trained and if they told you all the details about the company they represent they may be hard hard pressed to get you to come to work to that school then they could keep their job so they place in a very compromising position 
that's what makes us so unique in a sense that we don't work for the schools, we don't work for the companies, we work for the drivers, we try to guide them in the right direction to make sure they don't become a statistic because it's a lot, you know, as I said in my speech the other, the other day, good, bad, and ugly, there's lots of ugly in this business, there really is, and You've got to be informed. You've got to be careful, or otherwise you can become a statistic in a hurry in this business. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, just to add to that, James, I happen to know a recruiter that's been doing He's been working for the same uh, truckload outfit for many years, and, you know, we do care. And, I mean, the follow-up, we do do follow-up. I want to make sure they're working and how it's all going, and we always ask them to stop by with their truck, let us get a picture of them, and we put them on our, we got a, uh, on our website, traincoinc.com. We've got the Trainco Times, and... You know, we take pictures of our grads, and it's 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 really that's the fun part. You know, it is, is to watch out where they land and how they do. This recruiter told me this one time, and I couldn't believe it. He said, "Ken, you want to know the truth? If they show up to the training site, in other words, whatever terminal, you know, in this area that, that that's where the training's done for this outfit," he said, "I get my hundred bucks. I I really don't care what happens from there." And boy, that was um, that's disheartening. That's disheartening. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we all know that goes on. But how uh, y'all were talking about prices and stuff, and your uh, your cost is uh, thirty nine ninety five, which is just right there where it should be. Um, why is there such a high, a large price range? I mean, I, I've seen I've seen it as uh, as high as nine thousand dollars. I mean, why didn't what if anything would uh, justify a CDL training for $9,000, do you think? Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, if it's reputation of a, like if it's a big college. I can't tell you. I compete uh, up here, Alan, with, um, I think we're about the cheapest. I think there's a couple that are kind of ridiculous. They're in Detroit. One of them was 1000 bucks. I didn't, I have not researched it. I could say, so I, I can't tell you any more on that, but that's, uh, I don't know what it is, but something's going on there, and it doesn't smell good to me. But I mean, I've seen them up here as high as sixty-five hundred or sixty-nine ninety-five. You know, I'm thinking, but we are working hard to keep our doors open at thirty-nine ninety-five. How in the world can they be signing students at sixty-nine ninety-five? Now, this particular school I'm telling you about had two locations here in Michigan, and they're gone now. So. I don't know. You know, James has more to say about. I don't know how they set their price or what happens, but I, I've heard the same thing. I've heard schools as high. I don't know if I've heard uh, that nine thousand, but I've definitely I've heard seven thousand. Oh, I've got one's ten thousand, and wow. and uh, and uh, and one of the and this goes back to this person that spent ten thousand is the one that's insulin dependent diabetic. He's not gonna get hired. Uh, wow. No, Alan, I got a uh, on your. Uh, Website you mentioned about this school that was going to charge charging a thousand dollars. Uh huh. And you said, you know, and I sent back, I responded to it, and they, you know, this is a school that said they get you get your CDL license, get you trained within a, a few days. Right. Okay. Well, that should be a flag, because you know that doesn't work. You got to have 140 to 160 hours to get a certificate of graduation from a accredited institution before these companies will consider you. So if you go, if you just go to a school and spend four or five days get a CDL license, you're not you're not getting anywhere. I've dealt I've dealt with many people that went out and spent all kinds of money to go get their CDL license, but they don't have any credential, they don't have a certificate, they didn't do 140 hours, which is the minimum in these companies in most cases. 
they don't they're not gonna get hired by anybody. So that person that goes out to that school, I may be mistaken now, so I don't know who they are. No, but, no, I think you're referring to the post Alan made yesterday on Facebook with that video. Yes, that's correct. Okay. I don't, I don't know I don't know what their deal is. But I'm telling you right now, it's it, it smells up to high heaven because if they're going to go out, there's no way in the world that somebody's going to go there and go to a CDL school in three or four days, get his license, and be ready to go out and drive a tractor trailer. That's just yeah. Well, I tell you happen. what that school's doing. I mean, it's not it's not so much a CDL training school. What they're doing is uh, it's a CDL truck rental, but they are providing. Uh, Technically, they are providing training because, uh, like, you can go, like, I could go get the uh, the uh, a CDL book and study it, and uh, and then go pass my test, and then I can go to that school, and you know, three or five days they'll they'll let me drive the truck around and teach me how to drive, and then they uh, they provide all the answers and questions to the test for you, and. Uh, and you know, then then that's what you do, and then then you're on your, then you're on, supposedly on the road. They won't be because, like you said, James, no carrier is going to hire them. But yeah, I mean, good luck with getting hired. No, and there's a lot of schools like that that are out there. Um, now, I guess one thing, um, Ken, we should point out. I mean, you're in Ohio, Michigan. Uh, only Ohio, Michigan residents could can come to your school, correct? Well, not really. I mean, we have we've had people uh from other states. The only thing is you do have to take your CDL test in the state you reside. So it does get kind of tricky now. We own you know we do the CDL testing in Ohio and Michigan, so we're able to complete the deal. In other words, we can train them and test them and you know and get them licensed here. The hard part is like I've got a, a gent that called me today from Indiana and he wanted to come over here to Lansing and take the class and like I told him we're happy to do it. We'll get you ready. However, you're going to have to go back to Indiana and uh you know take your cdl test i mean we we can prep you for it and get you ready but we can't perform the test side so that's a decision he's got to make but uh, we gave him all the information now there are some schools that uh you know i hear this happen quite a bit where they just switch their license to the motel address that they're staying in for a month and then uh once they get back home they switch it back and uh i don't know i don't know where the you know the legal boundaries are drawn there but uh i, I that that goes on quite a bit it's quite yeah, common, see, I, I, it was always my. I, I guess it was, and I've asked James this question, this question before too, and I, I guess the answer always goes out of my head. I, I just always thought that they had to be a resident of that state, but like, uh, so, so somebody could Texas could come to your Lansing or Michigan, get the, uh, get the excellent training that Trainco offers, uh, but then they would have to go back to Texas to uh, take the actual CDL driving test. Yeah, I mean that's the legal way and the right way as far as right. I'm concerned to do it. So, and I mean all we would do if it was a state we weren't sure of, we would get a hold of a a, a third party test site or a, you know a deputy registrar, whoever's doing the testing, and we would have them uh, send us up the information what their skills test looked like. Basically, I found that the pre-trip inspection is state to state is pretty close, and so is the road exam. I mean there's a little bit of variance in it, but the ones I've seen they're pretty close. But there are different maneuvers. I, I think the Fed, the feds actually have seven maneuvers that you can choose. I mean, Michigan's is a little different than Ohio. They're all a little different. So, but we we can get that information and we can get them ready to go. And so, I mean, we can we make it work. There's no doubt that you know our wheelhouse is the state of Ohio and the state of Michigan, and and we're open to growing bigger and better. I'm hoping this economy uh, 
you know, uh, it's in an uptick right now. Everybody's feeling a little better, even up here in Michigan. So we're hoping that things carry on, and it's something my partner Mike and I, we're, we're thinking about expanding, that's for sure. Well, one of the things that I think is important to bring up is, um, you know, the, the trucking industry is very concerned about the quality driver shortage. And one of the major concerns that uh, we speak about is quality drivers. I mean, where are they going to come from? And from these CDL mills, uh, it's it's hard enough, you know, to learn how to drive with a training company. And some of them, as you know, uh, which, you know, you, you probably deal with some of the better ones or most of the better ones, uh, the training is much to be desired anyway. So if one graduates from a CDL mill with limited training and then is accepted into a training company that also has very uh, uh, inferior training. Uh, For example, trainers who have six months' experience training new drivers, things like that, then that really is a serious aspect uh, to be considered with a quality driver shortage. However, I would think that when you have a better school like you do, and much stricter criteria that then you are also are attractive to the better companies that hire on. So it's kind of like a hand-in-hand, better school, better training company, poor, poor CDL school, get into a poor training company. Am I right in, in, in this uh, thinking? Well, yeah, and it's well said, but here's the problem, Donna. Once you've put, this is what I deal with almost on a daily basis, What once you put a bad taste in your mouth of that first company, if they choose the wrong school and they see that CDL mill, you know, uh, they see that the student that that mill produces, the, I, the chance of me getting a chance to work with him, he's got such a negative taste, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this guy was terrible. I put the truck in reverse. He didn't even know how to release the brakes. He didn't know how to hook it up. I mean, he could just—it was—it was terrible. Well, guess what? He made a bad choice. But we get—we have to live with it. We got to compete with that. We get kind of lumped in with that school, and we—we we buck that and we fight that every step of the way. Usually, if we call somebody, oh, yeah. Usually, I'm sorry, I had somebody knocking at my door there. Usually, if um, we call somebody. And we've heard that they're thinking about doing some outside training. I can tell you in five to ten minutes if they've had a bad experience with a school that just didn't do the job right or just didn't get it done. And, boy, it's saying, oh, man, you talk about a first impression being a lasting thing. It's a, it's a tough door to knock down or open up again. So, but, you know, what you said is exactly right. I think that just like we're talking about that brand-new student doing his homework, we've got to get these companies, if they're going to start going to CDL schools, We've got to get them to do their research. And uh, I'll tell you what, what we've done. We partnered with a college. It's Owens Community College. It's the fastest-growing uh, college in the state of Ohio. I mean, it's it's my former employer. And they're not a great, they're good college. They're a great college. I mean, that place has doubled since I worked there, you know, uh, 17 years ago. And they've had a truck driving program for a long time. Sorry about that. 
that's okay. Um, they had a, they uh, had a truck driving school for a long time. I was able to uh, talk and work with uh, Dr. Mike Banky, and we merged and partnered with them about three years ago. And I mean, it, boy, I found out what the word synergy meant, you guys. I, you know, we were kind of doing a little, probably a little more of the business in that area than they were. Uh, basically because we could do the CDL testing. They just did the training portion. They had a lot to do with it. But I'll tell you, we got the action that they weren't getting, plus we took these two good names and logos and put them together, and uh, we got another 10 or 20% of business. I can't tell you where it came from, but it came. Uh, we've since uh, merged with Washtenaw Community College, a really well-known college uh, up by the U- University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Uh, we use the classroom, and the, you know we park our trucks right there on their property. They do uh, just—they're just a great college with a great reputation. So that kind of appears. Like, I can't tell you that it's been planned; it was planned that way. But it seems to be the path that our our school, Trainco, is taking. Uh, we're just going to watch and see where it goes. But I'll pay, how can you go wrong? when you partner with those kinds of colleges. I mean, we're just thrilled to be a part of them. Yeah, well, that's the caliber that we're talking about. That's why we like, we're just like, glad to have you here on the show. And, you know, before we wrapping it up here, you know, you, you just said something, uh, uh, the newcomer would choose the wrong school. So let's quickly talk about choosing the right school. For those who just can't make it to Tranco, what questions and things should one ask and look for, in your opinion, when, uh, when choosing a, a good CDL school? Right. Well, I, I would say first thing, you know, so how do we define research and what do we do? The first thing is I think, you know, the, the computer is the way of the world. And, you know, uh, quality of website would be one thing. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, if you take a look at the – I list the companies that we – that we partner with because we're proud of them. They do a good job for us. So if it's a vague website, um, I would beware. If you call there, if you jump on the phone, you make a phone call, and they won't tell you their price. A lot of schools, and I do my own homework on my competitors. Here's when I ask them how much their price is. They say, well, it depends on your particular situation. If they avoid telling you the price of their school or they don't want it, you know, that's just something that, uh, I don't know, we're proud of our price. I mean, I don't understand that, but I can tell you when they're, when they're dodging those kinds of basic questions. The other thing I would say is don't make a decision based off of the telephone or the, the, uh, the computer. So I think it's a great place to start, but I think you've got to get in your car and you've got to drive out and take a look at that physical location. Is it clean? Is it orderly? Are the people uniformed? What do the trucks look like? Do they got their name on them? Are they nice and clean? Are they old wore-out trucks that could use a paint job and they're dirty? And Maybe walk up and shake an instructor's hand. Get a feel for how does he, is he uniformed? Is he clean-cut? Did he smile? Uh, does he seem like he likes his job? What does the blacktop area look like? I've went into some schools, uh, Alan. I can't believe they work in their what they call their range. A lot of our, you know, we we call it the, our, you know, our driving or practice range. Man, oh man, it's like it's either dirt or it's it's gravel. And man, the summertime you got so much dust you can't breathe. I mean, they're really, you know, it, it doesn't. You look around, you kind of, you kind of, it tells a story. And I think yeah, all a lot of it's just a lot of it's just common sense. And you brought up a good point there too when you said actually physically go out and see the school. You even offer that right on your website. People can uh, schedule a schedule a time and to uh, come and check Tranco out. Absolutely. I mean, we and what we encourage that our hope is that we can get you off the phone and get you out there. 
um, and put you, heck, we'll put you on a golf cart. And we've got, uh, like at our home office there in Perrysburg, we've got pictures of all the locations. But, you know, we've got eight and a half acres of blacktop and a couple of, we'll drive you around, we'll show you the trucks and show you the instructors. And if they're not proud to show, you know, to kind of show you what you're doing and what you're all about, and they don't even want to talk about their price, and you just get that high pressure, it's kind of a shady feel, you know, it's just a feeling that you kind of know that you know that you know, but uh, I don't know. I, I got to tell you guys, the thing that probably the biggest thing that frustrates me to, is, the, is that procrastinator. And then when I when I see him after the damage is done, I think, man, oh man, you paid sixty nine ninety. You know, especially if it's a couple. I thought, geez, I could have trained both of you guys for the price of one. I wish you'd have looked. Did you look in the phone book? No, I just this one's near my house, and so over there I went. And then sure enough, they got a high pressure recruiter, and they they got it. They got them to sign the first the first school first day. And I think, boy, if they just would have checked this out, you know. Well, I, that's why I think, you know, when you can go to a good school, it'll kind of offset uh, some of the lack of training standards that go on within the industry at, upon graduation. Um, I know that's a big uh, that's a big issue right now that's being talked about uh, many many drivers. Uh, but you know, if if at least you can get your proper training from the school then that takes a lot of relief off of the um whatever whatever problems you might have you know with the training company and which reminds me do you ever get phone calls from graduates uh talking about the you know their progress as they're with their uh new company training Please. We do, and I, I mean a lot of it is positive. And honestly, that's how that really determines me as an owner. If that company gets to stay on and keep coming out to Trainco, is how they take care of my. Just just because he's graduated, he's no longer a Trainco grad. He's part of the family. And I mean, if he wasn't well taken care of at X company, I mean, I'll I'll make a phone call. Why James will tell you. There's been times when I've had students come his way, and I I thought it should have worked out, and it didn't. I, I'll call James personally and say, Hey, little Johnny, we felt like we could get him going, and he's City College, we couldn't get him going. Can you help me? I mean, uh, I'm involved, and and what happens to them? You know, after they're out, I want to know about. So, um, probably the biggest negative I hear, Donna, is the trainers they have. Uh, they lack personality or caring, and you know, it doesn't matter, uh, guys, if we're 12 years old or, or 60 years old. People get homesick, and uh, you know, when you've never bought, you know, when you've you, maybe you've punched a time clock all your life. Uh, this all, this is beyond just a different job, a new job. It's a new culture, a new way of living, a new lifestyle. It's all new. And if you get a guy that's, you know, just not uh, a people person and he's not a much of a talker and, uh, you know, let's say, let's just even put this little t- all together. You go to a school and you overpaid and got minimal training. And then upon graduation, you do get enough to pass your test. And then they hook you up with a trainer with a bad attitude or just doing it for the extra money versus, uh, you know, take a guy like me. I love people and I like talking to people. So I would do it just to have somebody to chat with in a truck. Well, I'm going to win more than than the next. But I, probably that's the biggest negative that I hear more than that training pay, you know, because they know that going in that they're only going to get that 350 or $400, whatever the training pay is is, boy, I had the worst trainer, Kenny, with he wouldn't let me take a shower. All he did is run, 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 and, you know, you're all the negative. And I think, boy, I wonder why some of these over-the-road outfits, why don't they do a better job with these with their trainers? If well, they that's would... one of the big things for right now. <laughs> we've, been, we've been talking about that a long time, haven't we, Don? Yeah. <laughs> 
I got to start listening to you guys more. I think we're on the same page. I I got to tell you, if I owned a trucking company, I could I know that I could make that turnover percentage go down just because either you got to go to a Dale Carnegie course or you got to be a people person. That alone, I mean, geez, everybody needs a pat on the back a little bit in the beginning. And I mean, if you just I don't know, you know, it's it just attitude and uh, a smile and to be a little patient means everything. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know that's just something that we got to keep pounding. I, uh, at the you know the the better training standards. Um, I know the um, Alan and I just this morning we're talking about this uh, again that the FMCSA uh, you know doesn't feel that there is a problem with the training and they based it on looking at training company ac- uh, accidents or. Uh, versus non-trading company, and that was uh, according to you know what I've read anyway. Uh, that's the the basis of their research. Just compare the two, and we all know that it goes much deeper than that. And uh, you know, I guess we're all on the same page. Then I mean, you can have the greatest school in the world, and uh, you do a good job placing them with the better companies, but still. You know, there is a lot to be desired with the um, training standards in this country. Well, you know, it's funny as you talk, Donna, what comes to mind is, boy, would I love to sign Train Co. up with a good association, somebody who was thinking like we're thinking. But i got to tell you, I've belonged to a couple, and I'm not going to mention them, but I've belonged to a couple national ones that – um, we we weren't we're, we're not doing we're not doing anything. They, they kind of sold out to corporate sponsorship, and that became that, that really, in my opinion, is part of the problem. And um, I don't know. As I researched him, I, I could tell you, I flew a guy in, a finance guy from Dallas, Texas. Mike and I picked him up at the Detroit Metro Airport, and his job when we joined this this training association was to give us help with financing people with marginal credit. And he had some pretty good ideas, so we flew this man in. He spent the day with us, and then we took him back to the airport. Well, the next day or two or three, Mike and I spent calling these financial institutions, uh, a couple in Vegas, a couple out in California. They were, one was in Missouri, and a lot of truck driving schools across the country use these folks. I want to tell you guys, I found them to be an embarrassment. I would never let my customers sign up for that. I mean, the interest rates, the supplemental fees, and the way the whole thing was structured, was it was like a like a loan shark. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I mean, I, and I couldn't believe that this this association recommended these. Right, and, uh, right. We've, since we found our own credit unions, and to tell you the truth, uh, we're in the middle of trying to get our own. We're going to do our own in-house financing. I mean, that's a, 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 a part of our business that we have to grow, kind of like, uh, you know, General Motors. If you want to buy a car, you go through GMAC and Ford Motor Credit. We're we're finding out that we need to do our own, and it's something that we're looking at and working on right now. But I don't know. I mean, I'm looking for a good association to be a part of because I, I don't know what – I'd be interested what you guys say or if you know of one. I, I've not been too successful. Yeah, it's pretty tough, like you said, that that corporate corporate money and all that sponsorship, corporate sponsorship and all that stuff, that's really uh, really brought the industry down. But hey, you know, you guys, uh, you guys are growing. You made it through the recession, and and you're doing good things over there. And we're just glad to uh, have you on the show. I hear uh, hear good things, uh, you know, going over there with tr- uh, James McCormick, and I'm glad he hooked us up. So. Um, 
uh, glad you got to come on the show. I know you got to run, uh, but maybe we can do it again sometime. Are you planning a? Let's see. You just re, you just opened. Which school did you just recently open? The most recent. The most recent is uh, at Ann Arbor in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and, and we're partnered with Washtenaw Community College. Now, when did that open? Well, we're on our second class, so you know, approximately okay. ninety days ago. Okay, because I saw the grand opening. I just don't have it here in front of me and everything. So, um, well, listen, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, any any final thoughts you want to give our listeners? No, but you know what? I think we covered a, a whole range. I, I, I appreciate the opportunity. And you know what? I'm like Donna told me about Kansas City and the convention, and uh, I've never met James in person. I've talked to him a lot, so I'm I'm looking forward to meeting you guys. Oh, same here. Oh, good. You're going to be there. Good. I I will be there. Oh, oh great! All right, you're gonna love it. Uh, it's a, it's just a great event. Nothing nothing like uh, nothing like it in the industry, so far as I know, anyway. Great, I agree. All right. Well, Ken, thanks. Thanks for coming on again, and uh, keep in touch, and we'll we'll follow up with you in the future. All right, we'll see you guys. Thank you. Thanks. All right, thanks. Bye bye. Hey, James. Yes. I, I wanted to ask you. You know, you mentioned something a minute ago about the. Uh, the 140 hours of training. Now that's 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 what you say the uh, the motor carriers are are looking for. I mean that's no FMCSA standard, no regulation, nothing. That's just what the carriers are looking for, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They they if you if you don't have that kind of training, they're not going to hire you. Okay. And a lot of schools are even way above 140. Oh yeah, we've got I've got some that's over four hundred uh hours, okay. Uh but this uh this concept of bringing people in and uh going putting them through this two day, three day, you know, shotgun get your C D L class A license, it's not gonna work. Yeah, if they wanna be a work on a farm or if they wanna go to work for a small company or something it's possible, but these big companies they're not gonna hire them. Okay. I had, a, I had a guy here a while back, I don't know how much he was paying, but he was paying so much per hour, and he got his CDL Class A license. He already spent, I don't know, fifteen hundred dollars or something like that. But he didn't have it about forty hours. You know, he didn't. He was, you know, this is a new kid, not a refresher course type thing, and he's not going to get hired. When I told him he had to go back and get another hundred hours in, you know, what they were charging him, he said it's going to end up costing me eight thousand dollars or something. I said, Yeah, I understand. I wow. Said, uh, you know, you're wasting your money here. You're not getting hired unless you go in and get a certificate showing you that you did at least 40, 140 hours or you're in trouble. And that's the way it works. I don't make the rules, Alan. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I just, yeah, I was just wanting to clarify that and everything because that's, that's just what the motor carriers are looking for. That's what they're wanting. Yeah, that's what they want. And if it's less than that, then it's going to be a challenge. I'm not saying a person can't get hired. I'm just saying it's going to be a challenge. Right, okay. All right. Well, hey, thanks for joining us, James. Appreciate it. Ken is cool, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was guy, that's the first time I've even talked to him, and and uh, Donna talked to him a couple times on the phone, but I never even got to him, so this was my first time. But uh, I've look, I look, been looking at that train code for about a year or more, and, uh, well, that, that's an awfully good school, and they, they just keep growing and getting better, it seems. Oh, they're first class in every sense of the word. When I said that I've, had over, I've, I've placed over 200 of their drivers, yeah. I mean that. I have. I really have. And I well, have n- I've never, ever had one of them sent home because of skills, of you know, issues. Not ever. That's just an unbelievable comment because I can't say that about any other school in this country because I deal with a lot of schools, Alan. 
Yeah, yeah, I know you do. Did we we don't have a number to give out for them, do we? I guess just the website. Yeah, the website, and I meant to let him say it, but it's uh, traincoinc.com, traincoinc.com, and all the information's on the website there, and uh, they can check it out from there. Okay, great. Okay, James, appreciate it. Thank Take care, you. guys. Uh, okay, Don, I got a bunch of callers uh, hanging on here, and a whole bunch of hands just popped up here right at the last. So um, I'm going to have to uh, get the uh, how's that CB? I don't. Maybe they just have a question, but it might be a little too late here. But let's see. I'm going to grab the uh, uh, the first uh, first one that had popped up. Uh, let me look. I'm looking at all the area codes here. I got a bunch of them here. Uh, Okay, let's go down here. Let's see. Uh, all right. First one, first one area code 706, which is uh yeah, which is Georgia. Go ahead, you're on the you're on the show. Caller from area code 706. Hello. Hello? Okay. Did not answer. Got their hands up. So let me go down to the next area code, which is, uh, let's see. Uh, Got to scroll way down here. Seven six three, seven six three, Minnesota. Okay, go ahead. You're on the air. Hello, Alan. Hello, Donna. Hey, who's this? This is hey. Jason Haggard. Oh, Jason, okay. <laughs> all right, how's it going? <clears throat> it's going all right. I was actually kind of hoping to catch Ken before he got out there, but uh, I guess one of the questions I wanted to have, you know, wanted, wanted to you know, pose for people out there as far as training and stuff goes is how many of the schools nowadays are actually helping to condition these, these potential, you know, drivers for, of the future for what the life, you know, for what life is like out there. Um, as far as, well, a good example is compliance, because now I have personally dealt with trainees that went to a large carrier and came to me afterwards, and I had to help train them. And this is no joke. Uh, we got out on the road, and they didn't know how to read a read a map book. They didn't know how to do a log book. And I asked them, I was like, what do you mean you don't know how to do a log book? And, of course, the reply was, well, we had all electronic logs, so... We didn't ever have to mess with any paper logs or anything like that. And the driver, you know, our train, our, our, you know, the driver trainer that I was in the truck with, just told me, well, you don't have to do this because the, you know, the electronics, you know, log will take care of it for you. Don't worry about that. Yeah, so they were kind, they were kind of, uh, you know, left in the dark about it, and they were also left in the dark of, you know, okay, hey, we're going to be on the road seven to ten days, and they're thinking that, hey, I'm going to get home every Friday and see my family and go back out again. And that's why I'm wondering how many of the schools out there are actually telling these guys up front, you know, hey, this is kind of what the lifestyle is like. And, by the way, if you want to remain compliant and be able to keep your keep your CDL for any period of time, then you're going to need to know these rules as well because you really cannot rely on the company to train these people because the companies, a lot of the companies are not concerned you know, about anything except delivering freight. Well, you would think the companies would be very concerned about CSA and the the points. Well, all it, on them. It, exactly, but there's the ones out there that are kind of fly by night and they don't want to. They don't want to do things the proper way, and that's why I'm worried about setting up these potential, you know, future drivers for disaster before they even get their foot really in the door, so to speak. 
Well, hey, Alan, is um, is Ken still on the line? No. Huh? Okay. All right. That... Well, I knew he had to go, so he's a pretty busy guy. But, yeah, those are all good points. It's like the schools that use um, automatics for training. I mean, you can certainly train in an automatic, and, you know, and there are companies that use them, but it's going to definitely – uh, bring your choices of hire down. So, I mean, there's a lot of things like that. But, yeah, that's a good point about the EOBR and the paper logs. I mean, you know, just that's what a lot of them tell them, don't worry about it, and then they get out there and, well, you know, time to worry now. Yeah, and it's and unfortunately if, they, if, if they've never been taught, you know, from the beginning, you know, from day one, um, they're, they're reliant on the next person they're, they're handed off to. And a lot of times it's, you know, you're dealing with somebody that's going to be biased because they're, you know, um, many of the, you know, many, many of these places that have driver trainers, those driver trainers shouldn't be training themselves. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah we pretty we covered that, and yeah, that's, and that's why I'm wondering how many of the actual driver training schools, are, you know, actually take take the time to start this, you know, from day one, so these people actually know it, so they don't have to worry about down the road. Hey, are we going to know? Are we going to be legal? You know, because when they leave that school, they should have the skills, but they should also have the knowledge base to protect that CDL that they just paid money to acquire. Well, we we kind of touched on that a little bit, but we really didn't get into it about how if that driver, after he graduates, uh, is really careful and keeps a really good PSP, um, that they would be hireable to, for for most companies because right now part of the quality driver shortage is drivers who whose uh whose CSA PSP is is really not desirable at all. Now we didn't get into, you know, if they teach them that, but this is something and this is really an excellent point that um a lot of the schools and I don't know if they do need to at least direct them to the FMCSA site if nothing else where they themselves can read the methodology and uh, what they need and how it's going to be reported and the point system and all like that. Um, that would be the least, I would think, that, that new drivers need to know about. Yeah, it helps plant that seed. You know, and, and, and any time you're teaching, you got to plant the seed to let it grow and expand their knowledge. And Right, right. Right. All right. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Yep. Be careful out there. Let's go to uh, area code 303, Colorado. Go ahead. How you doing tonight, Alan and Donna? We're doing good. How are you? Pretty good. What's going on? One of the th- you know, one of the things I wanted to actually bring up, okay, was I've actually run into the situation where on the application they want to know what school you went to. Mm-hmm. They can check it out to see if it is one of the farm schools or not before they will actually hire you. Well, that's good to know. I mean, uh, that's encouraging to know, right, Alan? That at least they're, you know. Well, yeah, the companies, the companies he applied to, Ed. I mean, uh, a lot of these companies have their own list of schools that they only hire from. But uh, uh, you're saying you applied, and they they just wanted to know what school you went to. Well, what it was was I actually I got my CDL back in '95, and I stayed local. About five years ago, I decided to go over the road. Okay. And that's when they, that's when 
all these companies started in with, you know, we want to know who you went to, you know, where the school was you went to, went through. You yeah, know, well, that's good to know. Yeah, I mean, I figured I figured most of the, at least, especially the larger major carriers, would want to know what school you go to because I I mentioned earlier in the show that uh, it's got to be a school that motor carriers are are going to hire from because they don't hire from all of them. So, but uh, I mean, that's a good point. I'm glad you verified that. That is happening now. When when did you say you went over the road? About five years ago. Oh, so you've been out there for a while. So. Um, <clears throat> What, what's the freight like out there for you? Are they keeping you busy? I haven't had an issue. Really? No. As long as I've been, you know, the companies that I've been with over the past three years, it's been nonstop. You know, however, That's wonderful. However hard you want to run, it's been however hard you want to run. Oh, good. And who is this we're talking to? Lee. Oh, hey, Lee. I thought that was your voice. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Who was it? I I couldn't catch it. That's Lee Fisher, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Okay, Lee, thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Take be careful out there and I'll try uh let's try one more time. Try to get everybody in here. Uh maybe they just think they get busy and just don't I catch them by surprise. Let's try uh try Georgia one more time. Area code 706. Um let me pull you up here. Come on. <clears throat> I got everything going a little crazy here. Let me try it here. There we go. Area code 706. Go ahead. You're on the air. All right. Well, they got their hand up. They just don't want to talk. I'll tell you what. Okay. Let's give one more chance for that um, for that CD. Uh, I don't have any hands up. Okay. They're just listening. So uh three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. Uh okay. Yeah, well, well we're gonna go a break so we can they they still have a little time. We're not going anywhere right now, so we'll take a quick break and when we return, Donna will share her announcements and we'll wrap up this broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live. We'll be right back. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live and AssetTrucker.com with an important message for owner operators and fleet owners. Hot John Incorporated is a company that makes the Dynasys APU, and if you're considering an auxiliary power unit for your truck but thought you just couldn't afford it, you need to talk to the Dynasys guys about their all new financing program. The Dynasys APU saves fuel and provides AC, heating, plug in power, all of those comfort necessities you deserve when you have to shut down for your mandatory break. It's definitely the smart way to be comfortable and save money. Their finance program is designed to make your monthly payment nearly half of what you're spending on fuel with their goal of making APUs available for every hardworking driver. They realize that times are tough and that credit is hard to come by, so they offer full credit plans giving all owner-operators and fleet owners a guaranteed financing opportunity. They can even get you hooked up with grants that can cover APU costs as well. Give them a call at 1-800-289-8282. It's Toll free 1-800-289-8282 or just Google search Dynasys APU. Visit them online at hotjohn.com. 
That's H-O-D-Y-O-N.com. The Dynasys APU, the best solution to engine idling. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. All right, good show. Thanks again to Mr. Ken Howell of Tranco Truck Driving Schools for joining us this evening. Check him out at trancoinc.com. Excellent CDL training. And, Donna, what what do you have for us this evening? Okay, uh, I do have a few announcements tonight. Uh, first of all, uh, Landline had an announcement today, and they want to remind everybody that the um, – the the EOBR proposal is is not dead yet. They they're encouraging people to still send in their announcements, their uh, their comments, and uh, truckers can still comment on the issue of electronic onboard recorders, even though the FMCSA's public listening sessions on the topic have concluded. Uh, as you know, um, and I mean mostly everybody knows that OIDA is firmly opposed to the government mandate for EOBRs, as we are, and the association is urging truckers to stay involved and active on this issue. Because what happens is so many times, you know, since uh, the last uh, announcement that it was, you know, thrown out and the harassment, well, what's going to happen is a, a new rule most likely will be made. So you have to keep up on it or you're just going to um, to miss it and it'll just sneak by. So you can send written comments, um, which can be faxed, and you might want to jot down this fax number, uh, 1-202-493-2251, and um, let's see, via a federal online rulemaking rule portal, uh, this is another way to send your comment, at www.regulations.gov. Uh, you can also mail them in. And by the way, this is all. You can go on OIDA's page on Facebook, and we also posted it on ours. So in case you know you don't have a pen and you can't write all this down, um, it, it's posted all over. And we really do want to make sure that we um, we put our opinions in, especially about the uh, harassment. If you have um, uh, unique situations that you feel harassment can be an issue with an EOBR, then you want to write down and give that, and you always want to uh, put down the docket number. And this you really do want to mark down somewhere. It's FMCSA-2010-0001. Because anytime you uh, you know you don't put that docket number down, it, it, it's it's not regarded. So, um, okay, EOBR, let's, you know, we'll, we'll have posts on it also. And like I said, uh, OIDA's page is really keeping up on it. Another big announcement, Truckers Against Trafficking is having their first ever truck stop awareness event on May 23rd at the Knoxville West TA, exit 369, from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. 
and they're going to have free food, um, prize giveaways, a live band, um, and it's a place drivers can learn more about uh, truckers against trafficking and uh, celebrate being, you know, just the everyday heroes that they are, and and they really are because a lot of drivers are making the phone call to the hotline, which is one eight eight eight. Three seven three seven eight eight eight. So thank you. And again, this is on I forty and I seventy five, exit three six nine, sixteen six seventeen Watt Road in Knoxville, Tennessee. And it is the TA in Knoxville West. So yeah, everybody knows where that's at. The TA exit three sixty nine. Watt Road, W-A-T-T, right? Right, that's right. Yeah, that's a big one sitting over there by the Petro and everything. Okay, well, anyway, that's May 23rd. Please mark it down and let's support Truckers Against Trafficking. Uh, Another movement for Truckers Against Trafficking is Lone Mountain Truck truck Leasing. Uh, Joe and Tom over there, this is the second time or maybe the third time they've done this, uh, where they're uh, having a big big uh, drive, they have the uh, opportunity to donate $2,800 to Truckers Against Trafficking, and all they're asking you to do is to go to their Facebook page and like it. And for each uh, like they get, they're donating a dollar, and uh, up until their 10,000 goal of likes, which I calculated out to be over $2,800 that they want to send. So get over on the Facebook page, type in the search bar, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing, get on their page, like it. Trust me, they're wonderful people. You're going to want to like it. They're sponsoring the convention. They sponsor our radio show. And they're probably one of the most honest uh, bunch of guys uh, around. So you definitely want to like their page. And in turn, you'll be... uh, you'll be donating to Truckers Against Trafficking. Uh, so that's that's for uh, Truckers Against Trafficking, two big, big things going on for them right now. We also want to welcome the Sunshine Survivors Group to the 2012 Truck Driver Convention. Um, it's uh, an awareness group for childhood cancer. They're going to be at the convention this year. Um, <clears throat> James Napier is the founder of this group, he has a, a, a tremendous passion uh, for these children. Um, he does a lot of work with a lot of other people uh, in the industry. I, I hate to start naming off names uh, because I know I'm going to miss somebody, but I mean the one that comes to mind is Casey Trucker, who's also um, he's a he's a sponsor for the convention, and we're looking forward to seeing him there. Also, you can check out the uh, Sunshine Survivors Club just by going to www sunshinesurvivorclub.weebly.com that's www.sunshinesurvivorsclub.weebly.com and uh like i said these uh this club is is a special club it's it's dedicated to helping those and their loved ones uh in their fight against cancer specifically childhood cancer you got to go to the page. You've got to see it. It's really it'll it'll hit your uh, really hit your heart. Uh, also attending the 2012 Truck Driver Convention will be the Missing Truck Driver Alert Group. Um, 
which is helping friends and family locate drivers uh, as soon as they are missing. So many times drivers are found weeks or even months after they're missing, and this is very sad, many times deceased in their truck. So this group is designed uh, for all of us to sign up. We're signed up, uh, allowing text alerts to your cell phone when a driver goes missing, helping law enforcement uh, with their difficult task of locating the driver. Um, You can go on the Facebook page if you want more information, um, Missing Truck Driver group. You can go to the website, www.missingtruckdriver.com, sign up for the alert, and uh, this is is another much-needed alert system where drivers can all network and work together. Uh, Kari Fisher did start this group. Um, She's done a tremendous job. Uh, Hal Hal Kia has helped an awful lot with it, a big, big part of it, Uh, Cheryl Trowbridge. So uh, the people over there are really really working hard to uh, make this thing a go. Now, uh, I do want to, uh, let's see, oh, okay, well, let's talk about the truck driver convention on October 27th and 28th at Harris, Kansas City, Missouri. And as as you can see, judging by our show tonight, the type of people that are being attracted to this convention, they're just wonderful people um, filled with all kinds of honesty and integrity, and we're just thrilled to death to have them as sponsors or attendees. Yeah, I didn't know Ken was coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people um, lately, you know, I know the notifications don't come to your email. Yeah, that's why I don't know. (laughs) I have to find out on my show. I know. (laughs) So we spawned, huh? But, uh, yeah, a lot of people are um, are signing up for the convention. And, And like I was saying, when i when i look to see the people that are coming it's just um it's just heartwarming because you know you know the kind of people they are and uh, the kind of people you want the drivers to be mingling with uh you know that their their services and their uh they're just transparent and honest and and it's just a great group of people and that's why we we have this circle of trust this year uh where we just attract all you know all these great people in the industry so uh we're we're looking forward to that it's it's uniting uh drivers together where they can share their voices up at the open forum like they did last year uh with our expert panel of speakers which I'll go over the speakers we're having in a little bit and uh like I said these speakers are just they have a heartfelt interest in the industry you know they're they're there on their own time uh, because they have a concern, uh, everybody's kind of uh, in agreement to raise the standards of the trucking industry, and th- this is just a tremendous event to form relationships, to network, to receive information. I mean, the prizes, like we said, I mean, Cobra has their five thousand dollars worth of gifts they're going to give away. Well, they really jumped in uh, there. last year. They uh... They they were generous. They do enough that they d- donated two thousand. Uh, some yeah, it was somewhere in. I think it was two thousand dollars. And uh, this year they're 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 a, a silver sponsor, and they've just really really gone way beyond the call of duty with their donations, and we're very very grateful to them. And it's another great company. I mean, they stand behind their product, 
Um, they're so transparent on uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, that you know it's it's one of the signs we think with social media is when a when a company's that transparent, then you know chances are you know they run they have a good product because they don't have anything to hide, and that's one of the things we that was the last post we put out. If you go to Ask the Trucker, and it talks about these companies, transparency and honesty, and the ones that are in social media and the ones that absolutely should stay away. Yeah, <laughs> they're just going to do themselves a lot of harm by being on there. Um, but anyway, so um, there the prizes, the food. Uh, I mean, it's it's just a tremendous event for two days. If you go over to truckingsocialmedia.com, click on that testimonial link. I mean, it's long. So uh, and read about what people said about last year's convention, and then just go to www.truckingsocialmedia.com. And uh, and register because the time is running down, and you it, it is limited seating, and you don't want to miss it. I guarantee you, you don't want to miss it. Um, let's see. Um, okay, but, you know the companies and organizations, like I said, are the ones that want to be a part of the circle of trust. And just like like I said a minute ago, social media, honesty, transparency. The industry really needs it, and a lot of people are are jumping on board for that. And let me just uh, go ahead, and um, I want to say our uh, sponsors. Let me find my sponsor list because we're really very, very grateful and proud to have such a wonderful group of sponsors with us. I'm going to start with our platinum sponsor, which is Pilot Travel Centers and Challenge Magazine. Hey, you want to see some transparency going on? You know, go over to Pilot on Facebook and uh, and Challenge Magazine on Facebook, and just watch. Uh, there's nothing deleted. If somebody says something negative, doesn't get deleted. It's just answered. Boom, taken care of. Uh, gold sponsors, Dynasis, APU, another wonderful, uh, wonderful company. Uh, Navistar International. We're glad to have them on board uh, this year. Silver sponsors, Trip Sheet Central. What you know? What more can we say about Eddie Gachui? I mean, just a wonderful guy. You got to you know check him out over at Trip Trip Sheet Central. Try saying that six times fast. Okay. <laughs> Lone Mountain Truck Leasing again on board this year. The Zada Corporation on board again this year. Cobra Electronics on board again this year. The Bronze sponsors, Transport Watch. Uh, that's for the uh, fraud in the industry. Casey Trucker involved in a lot of uh, a lot of charities, and uh, just just another great guy. Alan and Airs Productions uh, from the Big Rigs Don't Roll. Truck drivers money saving tips. What a great site this is! You've got to go see this site. Uh, uh, Vicky and Mike Simons they do a tremendous job for the industry. They were there last year. And they're a great couple. They are a great couple, and you know we're looking forward to seeing them again this year. And they were a sponsor last year too. A lot of repeat sponsors from last year. Uh, trucker to Trucker dot com. Jim McCormick. That's a different Jim McCormick. We have two Jim McCormicks. One from Trucking Careers of America, and one from Trucker to Trucker dot com. They're both going to be there. They're both tremendous guys. And uh, we're just happy they're going to be there. Trans Products and Services, again, this year, um, 
uh, Rich Wilson, our speaker. Uh, that's the company he's with. Uh, again, another repeat repeat sponsor. Um, let's see, AirDoc and Idle Air, they're coming on board. And let's talk about our speakers. Uh, Kyla Lieberg from uh, Truckers Against Trafficking, one of the co-founders, is going to discuss her founding principles for their organization. Uh, she'll be there to educate, educate uh, equip, empower, and unite members of the trucking and travel plaza industry uh, in order to combat domestic sex trafficking. Uh, and she's also going to be speaking about social media because she just uh, used social media and took truckers against tra- trafficking off the charts. So she's very knowledgeable. Attorney Paul Taylor of the Truckers, Truckers Justice Center, regulatory expert Richard Wilson of Trans Products, uh, Rick Ash of the Trucking Solutions Group, and uh, our social media speaker, Jim Lupkin. <coughs> Jim has been involved for 15 years in social media. And he's going to be sharing his knowledge and uh, expertise with us, teaching all kinds of things, how to successfully achieve your your goals using social media, and whether that be uh, for a, a cause, your message, your blog, your business, whatever that is, social media. And we're very much looking forward to having him there. Uh, our MC again this year is Toby Bogard, uh, author of Semi-Aware and On the Big Road. Our special guest, James McCormick, uh, uh, founder of Trucking Careers of America. He was on our show tonight. And uh, again, like I said, the Sunshine Survivors Club, founded by James Napier, is to bring awareness to the childhood cancer. Uh, the uh, Missing Truck Driver Group, uh, they're going to be with us. And uh, if if you have any questions at all, you know, you could just send us an email at info at truckingsocialmedia.com. Uh, you go to the website, truckingsocialmedia.com. Just click on that uh, register button and actually look around the website. Um, it's it's really got a tremendous amount of information. Any really question you'd want to ask is on that website, but I do want to tell you, you need to get registered uh, quickly for that. Uh, the phone number, if you have any questions, is uh, 352-465-7476. And uh, just give us a call. And if you have questions about hotels or uh, sponsorship or just attending, um, just give us a call. But I guarantee you you're going to find it all on the website because it's pretty complete. And, uh, again, we thank... Uh, we thank uh, all our all our sponsors and our listeners and those from last year uh, for making last year's convention such a huge success. And we look forward to seeing everybody there. That's it. That, yeah. That, oh, you just cut it off right there. Well, I didn't mean to. <laughs> okay. I, I always think I'm going uh, over the limit, so uh, I just kind of cut it short. But hey, you know, we got we got a lot of things. We got a lot of things to share, and a lot of people to thank and recognize. So that's just that's how we do the show, and that's that's the way it is. Oh, I did I did forget to. Oh, this is huge, and and um, I just. Missed it on it was on another another one of my notes here. Uh, 
the Making a Difference Award, this year called the Jason Rivenberg Making a Difference Award, after uh, last year's winner, Hope Rivenberg, her her late husband, Jason Rivenberg, and she's going to be uh, passing on this award to the new winner. And uh, we're pretty much done with the nominations now, and we're going to be setting up the voting for that. Uh, so, you know, just catch it on Facebook, um, and uh, hopefully we can get something up on the blog for the voting, like a, a little embed code, and we'll put it up there, and then you can just click on the link and vote for the person uh, for the Making a Difference Award. Uh, they they will receive a $500 cash award and uh, and a beautiful uh, plaque of recognition. So, um and that's all up on the on the Chucking Social Media website. Just click on 2011 convention and you'll get to see all the pictures and the videos, all the media write-ups and everything. So, um yeah, I didn't want to I didn't want to pass that up. Uh we need to mention that cuz I'm really looking forward to seeing Hope again. Uh it's been a long time. Yeah, it has. Well, you know, like last year you think you have all this time, and all of a sudden it's on you. Oh, it's it. Let me tell you, it's right around the corner. I know May is like people are thinking. Well, it's October, you know. <laughs> Trust me, it goes by so quickly that before you know it, uh, you're there. So uh, I know, and before you know it, the seats are it's no more reservations. So it oh, it, it comes fast. It does, it does. But we're looking forward to it, and we're excited again this year. And um, I'm just thrilled to death uh, when I see the reservations come in. And I know, I know most of the people who come in. Some of them I don't, um, but uh, a lot of them I do. Okay. All right. Well, sounds good. Thanks. And uh, uh, let's see. Thank. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we appreciate it. Be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites, and follow our show. And hope to see you at the 2012 Truck Driver Social Media Convention in Kansas City, Missouri, coming up in October. Check it out at truckingsocialmedia.com, and uh, we'll wrap it up. When the big rigs don't roll CD, Big John's coming to town. Until next time, on behalf of Donna and for truthabouttrucking.com, askthetrucker.com, truckingsocialmedia.com, and, of course, Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, everybody, and thanks for listening. To Rose's truck stop outside of San Antonio. Thought I stepped out of my cab into the twilight zone. Truckers all around me looked at me and stared. I even saw one cross himself and say a little prayer. A waitress grabbed my arm and whispered, What you having, dear? I just whispered back to her, what's going on in here? Somebody yelled, a woman screamed, someone fired a gun. Skinny cook hollered, Big John's coming, save yourself and run. Don't hesitate, contemplate, save yourself and don't slow down. Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough, Big John's coming to town. Big John's coming to town Big John's coming to town Big John's coming to town
down the street Couldn't believe my eyes A wild man in a Peterbilt A cougar by his side Stacks were blowing flames When he locked those air brakes down Big Cat followed him inside Just like he was a hound Man gave me the evil eye Shuffled by me like a bear Grabbed six cans of Red Bull And downed them with a stare Drank hot coffee from the pot Never blinked an eye Right there on that spot that day I thought I would die Don't hesitate or contemplate Save yourself and don't slow down Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough Big John's coming to town Big John's coming to town Tossed a three-pound steak into a frying pan Turned it once and turned it twice Grabbed it with his hand Ate it all with habaneros Finished it with a belch Flames flashed from his smoking lips Breath as hot as hell Then he turned and looked me in the eye With a crooked grin Right there on that spot that day I thought it was my end Big man said, do you know me? i never seen you around Stranger, we both better get out Big John's coming to town Don't hesitate or contemplate Save yourself and don't slow down 